0: Get ready for chills and thrills at Hometown Haunts and Hops Horror Convention here in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Join us for a spine-tingling day of horror-filled fun on October 28th at the Mayflower Brewing Company. Meet horror actor Matthew G. Taylor from Resident Evil and dive into a macabre world of cinema and literature. Sip on chilling brews, indulge in ghastly treats, and immerse yourself in a haunted atmosphere. Whether you're a horror buff or just seeking an unforgettable experience, Hometown Haunts and Hops has it all. Don't miss out on the eerie excitement. Secure your tickets now by heading on over to anebriart.com. Go to our events calendar, and in October, you'll find the link for Hometown Haunts and Hops, which is sponsored by HalloweenNewEngland.com. HalloweenNewEngland.com is the website for the truly Halloween-obsessed, with the most extensive guides to New England haunted houses, ghost tours, classic horror film screenings, Jackerland and Festivals haunted hayrides and more. They've got all the thrills covered throughout September and October with over 2500 Halloween events on their events calendar and hundreds of local Halloween attractions. It's the only place you'll find everything from haunted history tours and costume contests to which haunts are open on Thursday nights. Halloweennewengland.com has your Halloween covered and is sponsoring Hometown Haunts and Hops this year. welcome back inebriate this is andy as always um today we are actually joined by a canadian musician and i'm gonna get right into their name so i can try and keep it as fresh in my head as possible Elisipi? Did i get that right
1: yes yeah yes.
0: i have trouble with michael so uh
1: <laughs>
0: so uh welcome to the show first off
1: thank you knuckle Mike. thank you for having me
0: yeah no problem um i I'm unfamiliar with your music up until I, I, I was approached by your PR. So I was, I was checking out some of it and um, please, excuse me if I'm not getting it correct, but it, it seems like um, you are a tr- uh, traditional musician. You're Canadian, um, but you're indigenous as well. Correct. Yes. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about it? I, I looked you up on Wikipedia and is it Inuk? Inuk?
1: Yes, I'm Inuk because Inuk? when we, yeah, it's from, um, I mean, normally there's many terms of, you know, um, not terms, but way of saying of different indigenous groups, of mm-hmm. course, in Canada, of course, in the U.S. it's the same everywhere in the world. Um, you know, there are First Nations here, and then there's Inuit who are, You know, my my people were from the Arctic, uh, treeless, a lot of us, most of it, uh, we have no trees. Um, So, yeah, we're an indigenous group called Inuit. Uh, Back then, we were called the Eskimos by uh, non-indigenous people, non-Inuit, but we call ourselves Inuit, and uh, when you are one, person of the Inuit group, you can say you're Inuk. That's more saying, saying, oh, um, okay. I'm Inuk, I'm you're Inuk, you, we're Inuit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. That, that explains it. And I, I hate to say it, you know, the American education system is not awesome. So we're, I think most Americans think of indigenous people as one group and it's not, it, it's many, many groups.
1: Many, many groups, many languages, many territories. Also, that are very unique. Uh, um, but of course, I think we have something in common a lot because we are First Peoples of this this huge territory um, that has been. You know, we we have such love for the territory because this is also, of course, when we think about our spirituality, the way we the way we have. Paved our way in these lands. um, It's that's where we can really understand the the sense of uh, belonging. Um, You know, we are tiny little little beings in these huge lands that are so generous. You know, since so long, millennium. So, yeah, we are very vast, but we are we share a lot of things, and we have a lot of things in common.
0: Were you always interested in traditional music or was it something you know kind of as you got older I I know me personally you know when I was a kid I was more into you know hard rock and heavy metal and then as I got older you know I kind of bonded with my parents into you know Irish music because that's you know their ancestry but so was it always something that you were into or did you kind of start your music journey in a different place?
1: It's funny, kind of like you, I was definitely into Metallica. I was into, well, before that there was ABBA and there was Tiffany, but then Metallica came into my life. And then I had the privilege to be a host on our local regional radio station up north where I was um, I had the access to many old vinyls like indigenous artists that I love now that nobody's really heard of in the south except uh, back home so and then Bob Dylan Neil Young came so that's when I really was like okay there's so much richness so much beauty and yeah I I even love Irish music I love anything that has, history background and that tells a story of the people living you know in it Mm -hmm. um but traditional i I wouldn't say i'm a traditional musician i've always seen myself like my uncles um back in the 60s 70s they were a rock and roll group you know so we've been very um i think we tell stories that's Mm -hmm. maybe something that we may link tradition in it because we want to tell stories we want to talk about the land we want to talk about the connection to the land and the people um but i'd say i'm definitely a contemporary uh inuk singer songwriter very much uh in tune with anything that's folk music because that's what i grew up listening to um tiffany's not folk
0: music (laughs) I said Tiffany's not folk music. No, <laughs> and
1: that's why the that later on folk music arrived. But definitely Tiffany uh, and Debbie Gibson. Uh, oh
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: Barry, uh, I mean, it, I was. I mean, anything that's pop music. I mean, of course, Guns N' Roses to Metallica was definitely. It went north, this music. And, um, yeah, so I'd say the only thing that is maybe a bit more traditional in what I do is that uh, Inuit women, uh, two women, uh, make up this sound that is very unique, very rhythmic, very, very special, called throat singing, Um I guess you would think of Tuvan throat singing, Mongolian throat singing, but it's mm-hmm. pretty much the same same thing, but we really make a rhythm that's really, really, really special. So that's also what I also love uh, adding sometimes to my music. But um, and of course, I sing and write in in Uptitude, um, most of the time now. But I also sing in English, a little bit of French, but not not often.
0: Oh, you speak uh, maybe maybe that's my mistake, and again, I, I apologize. Um, I, I have that American mentality of oh, it's not in English; it must be traditional, you know. And oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I not understand. right. But it's, you know, I'm always fighting against my upbringing. I, I mean, guess.
1: I mean, we should all be traditional. We all yeah. come from traditions, some somehow. We, of course, we mix them up. But I think um, it's funny because here for so long, indigenous contemporary artists were considered in their own territory here in Canada or in Quebec, we were called, we were considered world music. And I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. how can, how come we become world music when we're not from over there where where we, you know, we've been surviving and, and making music here and music and art that is transforming and moving all the time. So i think sometimes it's uh, yeah it's just lack of education like you say and it's i think it's what's really important is to acknowledge that and that's when we have really amazing conversations so i love people when they just you know like you said we're i'm lacking uh, um information and i mm-hmm. think yeah
0: and it's so funny like i've talked about it a ton of times on the show about how um I feel like we're close in age. If you know, you listen to Tiffany and Debbie Gibson and, and whatnot, you know, we were the generation of when you went into the music store, there was like five genres of music. Mm. And now it's like, you can't even really pigeonhole things any anymore like that. It's almost like you should be like, well, this is happy music and this is sad yeah. music. And you know, this is music to get up and dance to, but just trying to like, you know, and I think that's why everything There was, you know, classic rock, or sorry, classic, comma, rock, rap. uh, And then everything else was world music.
1: Yeah. It's funny, as much as we're branching out and and defining all sorts of um, uh, different um, styles, I think we're also very, uh, there's a lot of melancholy there's a lot of like oh I wanna re-listen to the old rap music or I wanna I wanna listen to trip hop again I, I think mm-hmm. it's gonna come back. it's like I think we're always trying to narrow it uh, somehow to what our memories were made of because we like we're we're pretty much in the past I think a lot of artists that are very much out there who are, not afraid to move forward and create new sounds that are very avant-garde are pretty amazing. But most of the time, I think we're always trying to narrow it down a little bit to the past because I think we all want a sense of, I don't know, belonging or yeah. It's Mm. it's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially I feel like the last several years, uh, since 2020, I I've been, uh, Yeah, I feel like we're kind of all in need of that warm nostalgia feeling.
1: Mm. And um,
0: I hate to say it, like I found that in McDonald's for some stupid reason. Like I would pre-COVID, I would never have it. But then like during COVID and getting better now. But it was like too often. And it was, I think it's terrible. It doesn't taste good. But I think it was that nostalgia (laughs) feeling of like a better time. And I, I... yeah. You know, it's tough.
1: It's true. I think it's a phenomenon um anything that is going to give you comfort because it 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 was pretty scary. It was pretty stressful, right? I remember mm. I'm here with my three kids and and my partner and everybody the first week where it was locked down first of all I went and bought I don't know how much chicken and, 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 and milk. And I was like, yeah. the fridge was filled. And then all the first few days people, I mean, my daughter was making these huge chocolate chip cookies. Everybody was making desserts. Like we never do that. Like, we,
0: yeah. And baking bread like, and, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it is uh, we're 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 special i think human beings are, are all, all very pretty special we need to study more uh, human beings but yeah. anyway so.
0: <laughs> now is your whole family musical or is it just kind of you or because I, I know my my youngest is taken up you know into the, the art fields and so i was just wondering if it's something mm. that translate to your family
1: I have a very curious, very uh, my daughter who's seventeen loves. I mean, she spent the whole weekend at Oshaga. She loves music. She doesn't want to sing. She's not going to. Uh, she's not going to go into the arts for for. I mean, her dad and I. Her dad is a is an actor. So we were pretty much like, well, she loves anything that's arts, but, you know, she's going on another direction, for now, anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, My youngest one, I'd say he's our our little uh, artist. Uh, I think he sings well. He has good memory, but for now, yeah, he's five, and he's really into anything that's drawing, uh, telling Mm -hmm. stories. He's very – he has a very – I wouldn't say he's really into artistic – uh, talent in necessarily, but more his mind, the way it works is very, I don't know, very curious. Um, he thinks a lot and he likes to talk and describe things that are very, that I can very much relate to, you know, when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Um, so it's interesting to see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that was some of my favorite parts of my kids getting older and growing up was them kind of you know, I, I was always like, oh, you know, I'm never gonna, you know, tell them to be quiet or not listen to what they have to say, which leads to some very dull conversations about, you know, God knows I've heard, had way so many conversations about wrestling that I, I, I don't even know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but like, to me, it was like, why, you know, why silence them, you know, let them speak mm-hmm. their mind, you know, because mm-hmm. t- it's part of the, the growth pro- process. And do you find that your music changed when you had kids?
1: Oh, as much as I think the question usually was, uh, do you write songs for your children? I'm like, Oh my God, really? I (laughs) know. That's my time. (laughs) I I just want to raise them. And, and it's, it's already tough living with them and, and making sure they're okay. Making sure they have all the needs, uh, um, there, but yeah, I think definitely I'm a much, I'm I'm more fierce, I'm more, I feel stronger, I feel I can really stand up for myself. Um, I think musically, um, maybe we may not hear how it has changed, but Definitely. They keep me grounded and they, um, they give me energy. I mean, yeah, I'm tired most of the time, but they give me another source. They give me another energy that is, um, you know, growing older sense of, uh, feeling like, Oh my, I'm going to get old eventually because I see them growing up and I'm like, well, this is the moment to, to just try to, to keep things going and to challenge myself, maybe because um, children are like they're teachers, they are little tiny teachers, and they, they teach us to be to be to face you know maybe certain fear that we may have had, and we don't have a choice but to face them. So, in that sense, I think they've been such a huge inspiration. Maybe not musically, I mean, yeah, I have written. Um, a song for my daughter, I've written a song, but they definitely evoke something that I needed to maybe face about my, maybe my childhood, because there are mirrors too, right? So it's Mm -hmm. always interesting to see, like you said, to, to learn to listen to their feelings and not shut them off, because it's not because we were told to shut off our emotions or who we truly were that we have to do the same. We actually need to learn that it's, you know, we need to listen, listen to them a little bit more. Yeah.
0: So, so where do you find inspiration when you're writing your music? You said you, you wrote a song for your daughter, but you know, you don't necessarily write for your kids. Is mm. it, is it uh, more emotional by bio? Biographical is the word I'm looking for.
1: (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have a hard time uh, going to a place uh, to go write um, about a story, about somebody else. Or uh, It's very much an intimate moment all all the time for me. Um, Where I find it, sometimes it's in a space where it's just really quiet, like at home where I'm faced with myself yeah I was gonna say you have a five-year-old how often is it quiet (laughs) well they're not there during the day so I'm alone all the time and I, I actually love love that I have that space but sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming the quiet and the stillness because then I have to think about all my thoughts and what's going on and also you know facing who I am and, and sometimes it can feel a bit empty and I'm like, oh my God, this is really stressful. This is like, but that's really where I dig in and I'm like, what's, what's going on there? You know, what's, what's, what what's with you, Elisabeth? you know? So, um, yeah. And then of course I'll, I mean, we have a lot of stories to tell. We have a lot of, um, challenges that we've gone through as indigenous people um, knowing that also people are finally maybe able to open open their ears and want to hear the truth is such a amazing inspiration also because you know i've been making music writing songs and performing since the last 20 years but it's only i'd say in the last five six years where i feel there's a whole level of people wanting to hear uh and not have um such a um An idea of who we are that is like, you know, people of the north, the igloos, the cold, the snow. Um, This is pretty much how we were seen. Or people who suffer from alcoholism or, um, you know what I mean? Uh, People in the streets, uh, this is how we are viewed. And I'm like, okay, can you just try to understand where we're from? or the beauty that is existing from people like us. So it's it's amazing to be an artist right now as an indigenous artist, because we feel like we are given such um, a nice place when people want to listen, they really are very respectful and very curious. So it's this is where I also find my inspiration is knowing, okay, you want to hear, well, let me tell you let me and i always try to do that in a way that is poetic that is truthful not hurtful but truthful um and i think there's a fine line between um not judging but but uh, giving um an idea of okay you've done this to us you've done and this is mm-hmm. not where i want to go because first of all i think inuit and most indigenous people really don't see themselves as uh, victims you know i think it's we're too proud we've we've suffered way too much to be in the moment of oh my god this is what was done to us you know but i think just telling our stories um and having friends who are non-indigenous uh is very nice to having a community um art art community like like you have with your podcast well these are places where it's really we feel safe and 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 we feel like we can contribute i we just want to contribute you know to 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 conversations and to share so that's really where i find my inspiration but of course the north is where i grew up is is where i still see when i look out my window even though i'm no longer in the north i'm in montreal i look out my window and i and i take my guitar and i see my little cousin i see my aunt i see um yeah so i kind of think about them when i write songs the reflections that they must be having and yeah
0: that's i mean that i, I love all that that you just said because it's just making me think. There's a lot going down here in the states about basically how we should be explaining and teaching history to people is kind of mm. the extent because there's a push to be like well it's not all pretty and it's not all fantastic and some of it makes the current people in power not look good and but that's that's the truth you know and, and there's, yes. mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's to me I, I just don't understand not being honest and just accepting the fact that hey the past was not always a good time and mm-hmm. now's not always a good time yeah. and it's just yeah i, I don't um yeah i i I honestly can say, I don't know enough of about indigenous people in general, especially uh, people in Canada. Um, you know, they didn't teach us about, you know, the indigenous people in our country. And I'm sure there's overlap in between indigenous people in the U S and Canada. I'm sure. Cause we drew the, you know, the white settlers mm-hmm. drew the lines, not the indigenous mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's gotta be really difficult to, but I'm, I'm, Like I'm seeing a lot of things come out where, you know, people are trying to keep their native languages alive and stuff like that. And I Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. incredibly important.
1: That's where there's a lot of, um, there's powerful moments there, I think. Uh, yeah, because by saying my language is worth it, my language is important, um, you know, education is so important, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, but I think, you know, I had a friend um, about three, four years ago, we had a very intense moment where there was a death uh, of this indigenous woman who was, you know, who filmed herself because she was trying to uh, ask for help from her family on Facebook Live. Uh, Joyce Ishaquan was her name and she died in horrific ways um under the care of two nurses who were obviously t- very racist and very um yeah she died in such a sad moment and it woke the whole quebec the whole canada up because she she didn't try to record herself she just tried to do face uh, book live so her family could go get her because she didn't feel safe and she was hysteric because she was, you know, she was, uh, she wasn't feeling well. And, and she had five children and this shook the whole Quebec in a matter of a day. It changed like, like that, like with her death. And she became a symbol, very strong symbol of, um, you know, the systemic racism. Um, It's, it's pretty, it's really, it's really present and, Mm -hmm. Um, so my friend, she, you know, we spend a weekend, a few days after that, and she started crying, and she said, Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry that my parents didn't tell me nothing. I'm sorry, my my great uncle who had an indigenous friend who never really did anything to 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 show, you know, curiosity." And I was ignorant because i just didn't know where and who could tell me more about you guys while you guys live i mean there's many indigenous communities in each big city around there's always an indigenous community um and i told her you know what don't be sorry i mean it's good you're acknowledging it but if there was an elder right now beside you you know what she would do she would let you cry and let you mourn because it's also your suffering, not just my suffering. It's a form of suffering to feel ignorant and to feel that weight. And I told her it's so important that you acknowledge that and that and she's amazing now. She's she loves to learn inutitut. She's very, you know, pro-culture, inclusive. Um, so it's beautiful to to see that. Um, someone who is able to acknowledge such a um, just a heaviness that she also had to carry because she she never really wanted to acknowledge it because she was afraid she was gonna be judged. And this is most of what people are feeling is like, oh shoot, I'm I'm I I'm really ignorant. I don't know nothing, so it's better to not say anything. And that's what I always say stop doing that because we're not even judging you. We're so open to, because we know that there's ignorance, there's, you know, lack of education, that we know already. But what's important is that we feel like people can talk to us and not be silent because this is where, you know, I always say silent hurts, silent kills, silent, you know. So we're all humans, we're not perfect. Even indigenous people, we, we don't necessarily know everything about the other indigenous groups. And and that's, you know, that's.
0: And it's that fear of like, oh my God, I don't want to offend somebody. But
1: mm, oh like, my God. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I feel like if you're genuinely asking in, in you know, a, a polite way, you know, I, I I ask stupid questions all the time. <laughs>
1: Oh me <laughs> yeah. And there's
0: 300 some odd episodes of this show where you can go back and hear me ask all sorts of stupid questions. Yeah. Um but it's cuz I generally wanna know. I wanna know the answer and I wanna you know, in- improve um my knowledge base. We actually mm-hmm. um we had an event uh down here in Plymouth Mass uh which is a hotbed of indigenous uh things going on both mm-hmm. positive and negative. And uh, we had an art fair, and there was a gentleman there who portrayed himself as an indigenous artist. and uh, lo and behold, it, it turned out that he was a fraud. and um, the really bad timing on his part was he happened to be at our event at the same time there was an indigenous art fair, I think it was like a block and a half away. And it kind of, you know, I shouldn't say boiled over. It got brought to my attention. And I was then put in position I'm like I feel awful like it was not my intent you know how do I stop this from happening and it was and the guy was um he was from um I want to say it was the herring pond Wampanoag and if I'm it was one of the Wampanoag tribes around here and I apologize if, it's, if that's not the right one but um he was like listen man he's like I'm not mad at you he's like I'm just telling you you know What he's doing was literally a federal crime. And, you know, these are the things you can do to prevent it from happening again. And, you know, I'm like, I don't want to sound stupid, but can I ask for a membership card? He's like, yeah, you can ask for papers. He's like, if they are actual, you know, tribal members, they will have paperwork and you should be asking for it. I'm like, oh, cool. I had zero idea. You know, and it's just trying to be respectful and learn at the same time.
1: Hmm that's 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 pretty crazy right there are it's it's just unfortunate that's what's unfortunate is that people are really trying hard as indigenous people to have their place in the community or and then there's the situation like this where it's mm-hmm. just bad reputation and I you know and I mean it's okay I think it's okay for people to be aware that there are people out there who really 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 really, really uh, need to find a sense of belonging and a sense of identity and sometimes they have psychological issues. I mean how can you not when you are trying to portray some as uh, some sort of fantasy you know mm-hmm. and, yeah it's it's troubling
0: yeah. um sorry I took us down that that not awesome path. Um, but mm-hmm. let's get back to your music. are you gonna mm-hmm. be um are you touring um are you in Montreal? Do you live in Montreal now, or is that part of like a tour? Or? Yes,
1: I live in Montreal since yeah, over 20 years now. I've oh, been goodness. making music. Yeah, I've been, I left home when I was about 22, and I've just been here. And I mean, of course, I visit home, home yeah. is the north, but um, salute. Um, I'm starting a tour mainly here first in Quebec because this is also my. My home, so many, many, many dates already for 2023, fall, mainly winter, spring, and then festivals again next year. But um, a few places in France, if ever you're in France. But but uh, U.S., I mean, we were supposed to have this really cool Philly, New York City uh, before the pandemic. It was going to be our last spring tour after a few um many dates but uh it didn't happen so i'm hoping we are gonna find ourselves in in hopefully your area because it's um there's so much to see but it's the us is so big right it's crazy yeah. i know we have some kind of event in la um sometime in in in, in the fall but um New dates will definitely be more in 2024, but Montreal dates are, I think we have just sold out today, three three dates here in Montreal, but oh, awesome. if ever you're here, come out. It's going to be an amazing show where we, you know, the past year we've been filming up north whenever I would go up um, images that we want to use for the show. Also, this is something new for me. I've always done more like traditional, um, you know, for a member band and then good, good lighting and everything. But I just wanted to go beyond that because this album, Inuktitut album where, you know, I cover 10 songs that are, you know, that tell stories of my childhood, that songs that really have a meaningful, um, yeah, that are very meaningful. I translated them into Inuktitut. So it becomes a very, maybe maybe, Maybe my most personal album, it's funny to say, but it's like that. And um, they're filled with emotions, sometimes sadness, and melancholy, but also beauty and, and guts and, you know. But, yeah, we want to highlight um, and really take people on a journey uh, through the extra special show that we're putting together for this Montreal show and Quebec City. So hopefully one day they'll be able to go to, I don't know, uh, cultural centers where they can receive such a big, you know, it's not a big production, but it's, it's kind of heavy in a sense where we can't just go on a tour, a little tour bus with, you know, with the crew and the lighting and the, and the, and the projections and everything. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it's got to be exciting to kind of go beyond that. You know, small. I don't want to say small venue, but that kind of next step up, where where it's more of a, uh, an actual production. With mm. you, you mentioned that you were filming, and that made me remember that in your bio it lists you as um you've worked in documentary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a whole in- nother like aspect. And if I Google search you correctly, were you in a Pixar movie?
1: I was in a Pixar. Well, I was in a few in a few movies. Um why do I have a blank uh, oh my goodness. I did one line. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the Pixar. Hey, that in the counts. Pixar. <laughs> oh my god, what was it called again? Soul? Uh, so yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That was what? During pandemic, actually, yeah. I went and did one line uh, in a Pixar movie. Yeah, um, I remember now. Yeah, it was. I forget what I had. So something to do with Walrus. <laughs> one one more line so... in a Pixar
0: movie than I've had.
1: Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I was pretty happy because some some friends were like, "Was that Elizabeth's voice?" And I'm like, "What? You were able to?" I guess uh, they're used to my voice, and they were like, "That's." That's yeah, yeah. That was fun. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um,
0: yeah. is there? So, when you're working in um film, is is there a crossover between music and film? Like, do you try to incorporate your music into a film, or?
1: I try to not force that because I find it's two identities. That at one point, it's it's nice to express yourself, but wanting to be everywhere in it sometimes it's that's not what art is not because I sing that I need to have my music, but most of the time I like to, you know, I'm very close to close to close to the musical side of me when I'm either producing or directing, but yeah, I think they're very much related. Uh, It's funny because this album it's called Inuktitut and it's cover, covers, um, cover songs, but I feel there's another movie that is a fiction that I I have yet to write, but it's been sitting in my head for 20 years. So it's going to literally could take me a day to write it in a sense where it's, I see it everywhere I go. I see the the images and the stories. Um, But I would say it's almost related to this, to these songs. So they're always, it's funny because when I write, I write music or I write, Uh, every creative thing becomes one instead of being um, multiple things. It's like it all happens in this creative moment. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely, I see both. But I find directing or in films, there's another side of me that is maybe a little bit more anthropologist side of me or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, psychologist or some sort of... uh, human behavior uh observer that i am gets to come out and it's because i don't have to be in front on stage and shining you know music does that it fills that that need but in directing or documentaries there's another side to me that's much more the thinker you know the yeah the serious maybe the more serious side of me it's it's fun
0: yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I love that. And, and you said you've, you've had a movie idea in your mind for 20 years because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've had to create spreadsheets with just ideas for all sorts of creative projects just because I'm like, I can't hold them all in my head. So I have to put them on yeah. something so I can go back yeah. and be like, oh, I have time to work on something. What is it going to yeah. be?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's okay to not let them out right away and just to, to let them sit sometimes you know mm-hmm. it's funny because I, I have a friend um, Leif Volbeck he's a singer songwriter from Montreal I'm sure you know him and you would love him uh, Leif Volbeck once uh, said to me um, he says I had a tendency to record everything every good idea I had musically and I was on to something and I would record it then for the next day and then I would listen to it and I just felt like it wasn't going to necessarily the right, it wasn't the right process. And he said, at one point I started not recording and have an idea and play it. And the next day, try to see if I remember hmm. what it was like, how my hands, my head, my, that my mouth and the melody I was hearing is still there the next day. That's when, you know, you're up to something uh, when it's, your body is um, remembering it. And I was like, oh, I love that is to just trust that something meaningful will always come back. Maybe not the night, the right tone, but definitely the body and the mind um, registers something. So I love, I love that he said that one day and I, and I try to incorporate that when I'm not, you know feeling like i don't have the need to to record everything
0: right yeah. yeah and sometimes like i feel like you need the idea to kind of ferment and like part of it might be ready so you kind of like make notes and write that down and then you're like okay now i'm on to the next part now i got to let that kind of like marinate and run through my brain in conjunction with and so um, you know you kind of relate back to where you left off or whatever mm-hmm. and yeah. then kind of but then in the same aspect sometimes I think just an idea spilling out onto the page is just as, as good it just
1: Yeah, it's true because it's sometimes you need to write you know sometimes you just need to yeah just start you know putting things a little bit more clear and and challenge yourself and uh, yeah it's another muscle for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, where can our listeners go to check out your new album? or any of your music, I should say.
1: Yeah, new album out September 15. Um, What's fun uh, when you want to discover my music is to actually go also uh, go see the videos that I have done because it was really important for me to really um, bring people to the music, these songs that are very well known we've had so far, Heart of Glass by Blondie, Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. Wild uh, Horses, Un- right? Yeah, Wild Horses yeah. just came out and The Unforgiven by Metallica and uh, nice. that came out in June. So all of these songs are accompanied by, of course, you know, videos because it's really important for me to also bring the visual aspect. So you can go on my YouTube, Simply P YouTube, and you can go see the, the, the videos that are, and there's another one that will be out, our official one in September when the album comes out. But definitely Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon. You know, you can go listen to all these, um, all these songs and the new album, uh, just under Ilsepi. Yeah, awesome. And hopefully, will will come out your way.
0: Yeah, we have a great performing arts center, uh, right, right here in downtown Plymouth. Uh, Oh,
1: I love that.
0: The Spire Center. It's in an it's in an old church. Yeah. And uh they're actually uh refurbishing the whole outside. They finally got um uh, money to refurbish the outside, but you know the the seating inside is still like church pews, and they have stained glass wow. windows. Behind. It's it's a beautiful place to see a show. And
1: the favorite. sound, the yeah. sound. I mean, I'm made to be singing in the church. I'm. It's funny to say, but I grew up, um, you know, going to Anglican church every Sunday, and I and I, you know, my parents were not necessarily super religious people, but this is where you know mm-hmm. when you were baptized, or when people you know it were um became Anglican um, uh, churchgoers which is really not so long ago um the music that comes from either gospel or hymn songs I can like I can't even describe it the love I have although I'm not a religious person you know I mm-hmm. really have a strong connection and they were all translated to Inuktitut, and it's just They're so beautiful. This is where the melody becomes really important very early on in my life. So every time I go to a church, um, something resonates in in me, and um, I would love to. Yeah, I mean, if you If you're headed
0: down this way, let me know. I'll put you in touch with the fire. Yeah.
1: I'm going to make sure my manager doesn't forget your city, Yeah. but it's a small town. How many people live in? Oh,
0: it's, it's one of the largest towns in Massachusetts. Oh, really? Uh, Well, land wise, (laughs) land wise. -wise. Um, But we're about 40 minutes south of Boston. Uh, We have a huge tourist, you know, because people are here to see the Mayflower and Plymouth Rock. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but uh, there's a huge like arts and music and food um, thing down. Here. This is this is the place where people go on like Friday and Saturday night in the surrounding area when they when they want to mm-hmm. go out, they come down here and they'll grab okay. dinner and drinks, and it's um it can be very much a zoo for living down here, but uh, I love it.
1: That very cultural community, I, I love that. So yeah. I think that's where you find all sorts of people. So maybe we'll be we'll come. Come out your way, but you know, yeah. like my buddies here are in Montreal now. But the Bar Brothers, they're from—I think they're from your area. I'm not too sure. I think they're from Providence, actually.
0: Oh, that—that's not too far.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was
0: down close to there yesterday. So. Mm, yeah.
1: Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. But, I'll speak uh, to them and say, "Hey, the Bar Brothers, let's go. <laughs> let's go Yeah. Home. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but thank you so much. This I, I had a really great time talking with you. This, this Me too. Very
1: much. Thanks for the conversation and the honesty and uh, the curiosity. So I hope you'll enjoy the album.
0: Can Can you tell our listeners to tune in next week? In um, uh, in, in Inuktitut? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to try to pronounce oh. it.
1: All right. Awesome. Thank you. I just said, have a listen next week. We are going to, we're, we're, we're going to chat away. Perfect. Yeah.
0: And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at Anebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk, Podcast, Old Colony Cast, inebriart, and all the other shows on the inebriart network, which you can find at inebriart.com. So thanks again for listening.